Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome to This One Thing. My name is Carrie Kenyon Dern and I am so grateful to have you joining us this week. My dear friend Crystal Wright is back. Crystal, thank you for being here. I love getting into God's Word with you. Yes, me as well. So thank you for inviting me back. Well, yesterday was Easter, and we have been praying and just asking the Lord to lead us to a scripture that can really help all of us apply the Easter message, the resurrection of Jesus Christ to our lives. And we chose for this week, for our truth and our choice, to meditate on 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. So Crystal, if it's okay with you, we just want to jump right in. I'm going to read the verse and we're going to pull a truth and a choice out. I'm going to let you go first this week. First Peter 1.3 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And I just love this verse because this great expectation is the living hope. And we're going to look at this verse in another translation in just a minute. But this living hope, this great expectation is a gift that we have been given by God's mercy. It's a direct gift as a result of Jesus Christ raising from the dead. So there's so much here. I'm going to bite my tongue and let you go first. What is the truth that you pull out of this passage? I always find it helpful for myself to try to start with a big picture. Um, So I start there and kind of the summary of this letter that Peter is writing is he's talking to a group of believers that have been basically pushed out of their homes into other places, other countries because of their faith in Jesus. And so he's writing this letter primarily to encourage them. He's admitting, yes, you are having to live right now like strangers in a world that doesn't accept the message of Jesus. Yes, you're going to suffer. Yes, persecution is going to be expected. But like you said, there's this good news and it's this living hope and it's this new identity and this inheritance. And so this is really meant as a kick off to just encouraging the believers that have put their trust in Jesus that the resurrection really does mean something huge in your lives and not just Mm -hmm. for the future, for the here and now. And so that was helpful for me to start with that. And then as I got into the verse, to be honest, I didn't get too far past the little phrase that's kind of at the beginning of the verse where Peter says, It is by his great mercy, and he's talking about Mm -hmm. God the Father. It is by his great mercy that we have been given this gift of living hope. And Mm -hmm. so I really was captured by just thinking about the mercifulness of God. And Mm -hmm. it's an attribute that I, I am very drawn to about who God is, but I don't know that I always sit in how important that attribute is to God. It's in a way, it's the gateway into experiencing and receiving all the other aspects of his character and his promises to us, because without his great mercy, we would not have Jesus. We would not have redemption. We would not have a resurrection. We would not have a living hope. And I feel like mercy is not one of those attributes that, in the world's eyes at least, is high up on the scale of 
-hmm. things that we honor, things that we respect, things that we value. We have very much an idea of, um, you know, I'm not going to let people make a fool of me. I'm not going to, if someone treats me a certain way, I'm going to, you know, stand my ground and make sure I don't get mistreated. And the very essence of the gospel and God's gift and his love to us had to come through the doorway of mercy. And Mm -hmm. so I just really loved that and reflected on um, how important and how beautiful and how humble the mercy of Jesus was that he would, instead of wanting to punish, instead of wanting to respond to us in accordance to our sins and our failures and our rebellion against him, that he came with the gift of mercy so that we could be invited into this living hope. Mm-hmm. As I was doing my reflections and studying, there's a, a quote by Charles Spurgeon that I just loved. It's short, and it says, All of God's goodness to us begins with his mercy. And again, it's that idea of it's the starting place for us to step into a living hope that transforms our lives. No other attribute could have helped us if God had refused mercy. And mm. I just think that's so beautiful. And I feel like it really sets us up when we can receive and honor the mercy of God to actually receive the next gift that he has, which is the resurrection, which is the living hope. Yeah. That's so, so powerful. And I do, I feel too like this verse has several big chunks in it, that being the first one. And for me, I think because of everything I shared last week, just what I've recently been through with my health crisis and all the questions with very, very few answers, but believing for God to heal me, not just physically, but also emotionally from going through something so traumatic. I think I really gravitated towards the very last part of this verse, which says now we live with great expectation. And the way that I'm wired, I read that and I say, but do we? But do I? Do I live with great expectation? And what exactly is my expectation? What what am I hoping for? So I really love the NIV translation of this verse as well. So I want to read that. The NIV version of 1 Peter 1.3 says this, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this great expectation is the living hope and our living hope is Jesus So my great expectation is not supposed to be, if I'm reflecting on last week's podcast and everything I shared specifically, my great expectation, Crystal, is not supposed to be that God is going to heal me physically or restore me emotionally. For our listeners out there, our great expectation is not supposed to be that we meet the man or woman of our dreams or that we have a million dollars in our bank account or we don't get fired from our job or the person that hurt us calls and apologizes. That's that's not our great expectation. Mm-hmm. Our living hope is not found in our circumstances or in a human relationship It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. My great expectation in every area of my life is to be more of Jesus. I need more Jesus. That's my great expectation. And so I agree with you that everything starts with the mercy of God. And as we reflect on Easter, it was God's mercy to send his son. It was the mercy of Jesus to come 
and to say, I'm willing to get up on that cross and to die for your sins so that you can be restored to my father. It's all mercy. And what that mercy does is it gives us a living hope something that we can hold on to. And um, I keep referring to last week's podcast because I chose this verse as I was continuing to reflect on everything I shared last week. And I always go back to that moment in the emergency room when I'm in excruciating pain, 10 out of 10 pain, and they're doing that ultrasound and they're digging the ultrasound wand into my very, very, very infected leg And it's just excruciating. My eyes are rolling back in my head and I'm about to pass out. And I just out loud, I just said, Jesus. And he was just right Mm -hmm. there with me. In that moment, Crystal, my expectation was not, oh, Jesus, heal me. Or Jesus, take away the pain. Or, oh, Jesus, you know, tell them to give me some pain medication. (laughs) Or, you know, let me pass out. I, I wasn't thinking about anything in that moment. But I need you, Jesus. Jesus was my hope in that moment of crisis when I had nothing left physically or emotionally. And I think that's where he's calling us to live is that our response to his grace, to his mercy in our lives is that we recognize the truth. Our truth is we have a hope. And because of Easter Sunday, because Jesus Christ raised from the dead, because he's alive, our hope is alive. So we shouldn't say, I hope that tomorrow, we shouldn't talk like that. We should instead say, my hope is in Jesus, not I hope that tomorrow, or I hope that next month, or I hope that next year, rather our hope is found only in the person of Jesus Christ. He is our living hope. And I think for me, the question becomes, as we reflect on this truth that Jesus is our living hope. What does that look like in my life? How do I respond to Easter Sunday? I just celebrated that my Savior raised from the dead, that he was resurrected from, he destroyed death, he destroyed the grave. What does that look like in my own life? How does the resurrection of Jesus intersect with my life and my choices? So Crystal, as we declare Jesus is our living hope, we live now with this great expectation in him because of the mercy of God, because we have been raised with Jesus Christ from the dead. What is the choice that we make? How do we respond to this? As you reflect on 1 Peter 1.3, what is the choice that you make? Well, you asked the question, how does the resurrection impact my life right here, right now? And in some ways you could ask the reverse question of how does it not or where does it Mm -hmm. not and if Mm -hmm. the there's no answer to that because as believers there's no part of our life where the resurrection and the living hope does not come in victorious and that's not just like altruistic christian talk of like oh you know everything's going to be great with jesus it's it's not but nothing is more, yeah, Peter knows that. He's talking to some people that know, yeah, yeah. you know. This audience knows Everybody it. knows. It's not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't this, like, promise of paradise for us here and now. But even within the fact that we still live with hardship and suffering, the resurrection still impacts every aspect of our life in every way. It still is the victory in every single thing that comes into our lives. And so I was, as I was reflecting on this, what came to my mind is growing up, my siblings and I 
we spent a lot of time playing the card game War. I don't know if mm -hmm. any, <laughs> anybody else has played that, but there's like really no strategy to it. You literally are dealt your cards. You pull a card. Whoever has the highest face card value wins the hand. There's, you know, there's nothing you can do to try to get better no cards. No, literally. It's like, put your card down. Okay. Yeah. And as silly as it is, I felt like the analogy the Lord was showing me is the living hope, the resurrection is like pulling that ace card every single time. It doesn't matter what else is getting put on the table of our lives. The resurrection has something to say about it. And so I think that's where our choice comes in is, are we actually going to let the resurrection, the living hope line up and have that comparison for whatever's coming at us in our lives, whether it's stress, mm -hmm. disappointment, suffering, hardship. I think we could lay that aside to use the card analogy face to face with the resurrection and the Lord is going to show us something that he has that is victory within that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't apply it. You know, I couldn't make that choice for people listening because I don't know everyone's circumstances, but I do know whatever you have, why don't you lay the resurrection next to that and see what the Holy Spirit has to say. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love that analogy. It's it's very practical and it takes me back to all the card games <laughs> and we still love to play card games in our family. So I think for me, the choice is the middle part of the verse. We've talked about the mercy of God that sets all of this into motion. We've talked about the end of the verse that we now live in great expectation that he's our living hope. But I find it really powerful and just kind of awe-inspiring. The middle of the verse says, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth. We've been birthed into living hope. So every time something new is birthed in creation, something dies off, right? Mm -hmm. Something part of me has to die for this new birth, this new living hope to spring up. And I think just reflecting on Easter and that Jesus died and then he was raised from the dead. I do feel like for me, what he's calling me in response to this passage to say is I'm being called to make a choice to let the things in me die that are not of him. That would keep me from playing that card game of Jesus, your resurrection trumps everything hard in my life. Every trial, every every difficult thing, every hard conversation, every disappointment, every betrayal, every hurt, all the pain, your resurrection and your living hope in my life trumps all that. Well, for me to be in that place, if I'm being honest, Crystal, I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for all of us when I say for me to be able to play that spiritual card game that you're asking us to choose, something's got to die. A lot's got to die. My pride, my ego, my my own will, my own way, my own idea of how my life should go. Because I think my life should be comfortable and easy and challenge free. <laughs> and I should just skip through a field of roses every day that have no thorns, right? And that's not God's pathway of maturity for us. And I think that we need to remember that oftentimes as we've been raised to new life in Jesus Christ, and as we're looking specifically this week, and we, we've been raised and we've been given a new birth into living hope, the Spirit also says, but part of you is going to have to die to become more like Jesus in this way. To be more of him, I need to be less like me. 
So part of Carrie has to die so that I can truly walk in the in the resurrection, living hope, and this new birth that I've been given, according to 1 Peter 1.3. So I have to choose for myself this week and in the weeks to come that I'm going to say, Lord, what part of me do you want to strip away? Search my heart and know me. And if there's any wicked way in me, if there's anything in me that is offensive to you, remove it because I want to walk in this new birth that you've promised, this living hope. I want to be radically changed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't want it to just be something that I go on Easter morning and I sing songs about. I want it to make a difference in my life today, tomorrow, all year, next year, and every day of my life. So for there to be a new birth, there also has to be a death of my flesh. And I have to choose that. And then when I choose that, I can play that spiritual card game of war. Where Jesus, your death and resurrection, your living hope in my life, it trumps everything. Relationally, circumstantially, financially, whatever I face, whatever I walk through, my hope in you is greater than the war and the battle and the difficulty that I'm walking through. So Crystal, thank you for your insight. Thank you for the truth and the choice that you shared. I really appreciate how you unpack God's word and you share from your heart and your own experiences. And it's obvious to me that you are in the word because you're just exuding the peace of this passage. And I would like for you to pray for our listeners that they would choose to walk in the truth and the choice. And maybe the choice that God calls them to make is going to be different than the ones that we've set out there today. But I think that's the beauty of this podcast is God's word is so powerful. We're just sharing the truth and the choice that he's laid on our hearts. But My prayer is that we would all make a choice. How is the resurrection going to change my life today and this week and the rest of this year? And then I love how you said it as well. How is it not going to change my life? Because really, we should look at it both ways. So will you pray for us that we would truly seek to prayerfully apply this verse, that we would not just be hearers, that we would be appliers of God's word as we continue to reflect on this tremendous mercy of God that sent his son to die for us and raised him from the dead so that we can walk in living hope. Oh, Father, thank you so much for your love and for your mercy and for this scripture that you gave us. It seems like in a lot of ways, this is a scripture we uh, we have to apply. There's there's no option. We either reject you or we hold on to this passage and this promise of a living hope and we put it on almost like we would put on clothing. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would help us. Would you help us to fully embrace what it is that you say that you are giving to us through this passage? Would you help us, as Carrie said, to let you put to death the things in our lives that uh, need to go because they are not part of the resurrection. They're not a part of life and freedom and restoration through Jesus. Help us to, to let go of that so we can experience more fully your living hope. And Lord, I pray that you would help us also to not be deceived, that we 
we wouldn't get confused and think that somehow something lesser, a lesser card, um, a king card could beat an ace card or whatever the situation in our life is. Help us not to be confused where we think that something could be in competition with the power of your resurrection because we know, Lord, from your word, from your promises that you have given us the ultimate, um, the ultimate gift, the ultimate freedom and the ultimate thing we need through your son, Jesus. So help us to walk in both humility and confidence that we have what we need to be um, victorious in this life that you've given us. Um, And again, Lord, thank you for your mercy that made it possible. We just pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.